this week with it being Passover and Easter. Yeah, right? on the same weekend. What you bringing? <laughs> All kind of good stuff. And, awesome. And as always, in reality, it is still study your spouse because we are studying Jesus. Mm. And mm-hmm. by golly, he is indeed our spouse. Amen. He is the bridegroom. And uh, and. There's a word called theology. It's what you believe about God. And just like the song was just singing, you believe I'm good. And we we want to, as much as we can always, help you to have a clear understanding of just how Jesus uh, feels about you, the depth of his love. And so these moments of Passover and the death, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and all this whole season, uh, we just want you to just jump in with, with everything you got. So that's what I'm here today. We're going to really dig into Passover. Then we're going to have a Seder and focus on the resurrection tomorrow. And I really believe you're going to be greatly, greatly blessed. So let's start with the whole disclaimer thing, because once you jump into Passover, I always get these questions. So we're not celebrating Passover out of some obligation to the ceremonial law of Moses from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating Passover because it is the, I believe, the most beautiful picture of Jesus a Christian can discover. And in discovering it, you will discover things about him you're missing, mm-hmm. all right? So disclaimer-wise, Colossians 2, therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival. That would be like Passover, new moon, celebration, Sabbath day. These are shadows of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that simply means that there is no obligation Absolutely none. If you never celebrate Passover, you're still just as holy. If you love, if you love Good Friday and Easter, celebrate them with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is worthy of being celebrated every hour of every day and in eternity. Guess what? We'll celebrate them continuously. Mm-hmm. So you know you can have 365 Good Fridays and Easter every year if you want to. Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant. the The point is we're going to help you step in to come to know Him better. And if if this helps you know Him better, we've succeeded. If it doesn't, well then we we failed miserably. But all right, or you so, weren't paying attention. Oh yes, or you just <laughs> went right over your head like a uh, luggage joke. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. So what happened to Passover? <laughs> I have to throw back to the last that. prayer. I just got that. Uh, what happened in past to Passover in the Christian church? Why isn't he, why isn't it here? Why doesn't your church teach you? Why why haven't you grown in that? Well, Jesus said he eagerly desired to eat the Passover. Ask us to celebrate it to honor him. All right. So the apostles we know treasured the feast of the Lord. Passed them on to the early church fathers. So where to go? Why is it not in our churches? Well, the short answer is Rome happened. <laughs> Anti-Semitism oh. happened uh, during the Jewish revolt of 132-136 AD. So you're talking about 60-70 uh, years after Jesus. Most of the actually after the destruction of the temple. So a, a hundred years after Jesus. So most of the Jewish population was absolutely wiped out, taken mm. away, killed, sold into slavery, forced to flee. All right, So that's where we're going to kind of jump in, but let me give you just a little back history. Alexander the Great, you know, swept through the world uh, in around 300 years or so before Jesus. He dies. His kingdom is split up. The northern, the Middle East part is taken, but the 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 general over there over Syria, they become in charge of the Judah area and what was Israel. 
And that's where the Maccabees comes in, about 200 years, if you remember Hanukkah, anything about that. Mm -hmm. They fight them, drive them out, and then Rome happens. And that's about in the 40, 50, 60 years before Jesus. And, of course, you have all that revolting until finally you hit the 130s and, and they say, okay, enough is enough. But by this time, the church is just exploded. It's, it's grown all over the Middle East, has gone up into Europe. And this is, keep in mind, a Jewish church. Mm. Every word of the Bible is written by Jews. So as it spreads, it becomes more and more Gentile and more and more Gentile. And you're in the Roman Empire. So I want to just give you a feel for this. So don't just read the Bible as who you are now. Put yourself in the history of it. So if you're a Gentile and you're stepping into the church, the Romans absolutely hate the Jews. And so now you're trying to figure out how to just figure out how that's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. right? So, And in a sense, that's what happens. Within one generation of the death of the Apostle John, he writes Revelation in around 100 AD. All right. So that's where you're at in time. Rome is just exploding. And so they've made up their mind. Something called the Eucharist is now going to be celebrated. And they go with Easter, which is a Roman time. And anything Jewish becomes increasingly outlawed. Mm -hmm. Now, the Eucharist, not a bad thing. It was based on a Jewish um, thank offering, basically, very similar to Passover. But, you know, again, as Gentiles more and more and more, they eventually took out all that. And you just ended up with what we call communion by now. So fast forward, 155 A.D., Polycarp is a bishop of Smyrna, a disciple of John. He appeals to the Roman bishop uh, to celebrate Passover. He said, listen, we've always done this. So we, and, uh, of course, he is uh, rejected, eventually martyred. Mm. Then Polycrates, a bishop of Asia, he sends a letter to the vicar of Rome. And he lists all of the saints from Jesus on down who have been martyred in all the celebrated Passover. And he said, and I also, seven of my relatives were bishops. I'm the eighth. So he said, look at the history here. And this is what we're going to do. And I'm not afraid. He said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Go ahead. Another 30, 40 years. 197 AD, Victor, the bishop of Rome, insists all the churches except the dominical rule celebrating Easter rather than Passover. And then it just gets really bad from there. By mm. 380, Christianity is now the state church of the Roman Empire. But the Christian emperors, they still hate the Jews. And they don't. They see kind of a separation here. They see these Jews who are Christians are still Jews to them. So they hate them just as bad. Mm -hmm. And the Christians who are Gentiles, they're a little, a little more fond. So at the Council of Nicaea, Constantine... Uh, releases what's called the Easter Edict. He made observing any Jewish tradition a heresy wow. punishable by persecution mm. and death. Not a friendly day for them. Council of Lycia, a few years later, Christians shall not Judaize and be idle on Saturday. But they shall work on that day if, suppose, you wanted to celebrate uh, the Sabbath. They're found, this is Christians, Christian Jews. If, however, they're found Judaizing, they'll be shut out from Christ. So again, they're separating. Their Jewish Christians are killing the other. The non-Jewish Christians are accepting. Mm. So Saint Christotum of 349, uh, those of Jewish origins who defile the church by the observance of the Jewish feasts and festivals or heretics should not be allowed inside the church. So now they're getting wider and wider and wider. And, so, and just to be clear, mm -hmm. all the things that God established and Jesus established. And Jesus celebrated exactly the Council of Nicaea, and Constantine said, said 
not important. Exactly. We're going to do it this way. And keep in mind, there is a lot of pressure there. This is Rome, which means if they now associate with the Jews who've just been thrown out of the land, they're now hated too. And mm-hmm. so they're just, they're going to be like our stepbrothers and we're going to push them over here. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it was certainly done for their own safety. And so everything switches to now the church is Rome. It's Christian, so, so to speak. And so now they're going to say Easter. We're going to go on the solar calendar, the vernal equinox. And so they're no longer thinking when Jesus died. They're just sitting a random day saying, this is Easter. This is uh, Good Friday. And so that's what happens. And so it's, it's a piece of history. It's a piece of uh, persecution and martyrdom. So... That now the the bottom line in terms of where we are even this weekend, um, there is a verse in Mark 15. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, that's the verse right there. And so for these who are now becoming more and more Gentile, mm-hmm. they read that, and the only Sabbath they understood was the Jewish Sabbath. That Friday night was that weekly Sabbath, right? In fact. The day of Passover is also considered a Sabbath day. You know, if they had any Jewish history, they would have had that. So there are usually at least two Sabbaths during Passover week. You could have as many as three. So the crucifixion was really on Thursday before the Passover Sabbath. Mm. And then the normal weekly Sabbath fell on Friday. Mm. That was just uh, because of this whole history thing that that happened. So Passover did definitely fall by the wayside and we became very Romanized. But my challenge is... Why in the world are we still dealing with that kind of stuff? Right. We we need to come back and 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 begin to just relook at this. So very few Christians are aware of that, and you know, so it's not some kind of uh, hatred or anti-Semitism anymore. It's just more ignorance than anything. So that's a whole lot of history in a very short mm-hmm. amount of time. Why did I tell you that? All right, something was taken from you. You haven't missed it because you didn't know that it was gone. Well, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So think of. All the things he could have stolen, he chose Passover. Mm. Why? I want you to ask that question. Wow. And we're going to show you today who's on the throne in the book of Revelation, the very last book that spread to all these churches before it happens. This is what Jesus has to say. (laughs) Who's on the throne? A lamb. The Passover lamb. Mm. This is his last comment to these churches before they all go wild. Most of us live our version of a Christian life based on what we were taught. Is there more about Jesus that you don't know or I don't know? Of course. Jesus promised that if we seek him with all of our heart, we'll find him. So I want to show you the things that he's revealed about himself in Passover through history. Millions of Jews will celebrate Passover tonight or tomorrow night, but they don't know that the lamb is Jesus. That's right. Why is that? Because the thief stole it from him. Mm. Wow. If we, as Christians, don't get the lamb back, how will we ever give Jesus back to them. So that's my challenge to you. That's why we take the time, dig in here, all of these notes, all of the recordings, as well as tomorrow's video. We'll put all of that on the blog and on Facebook and make it uh, available for you. But we're going to press in today, mm-hmm. and uh, that's our journey. Awesome. Awesome. It's Risenstein Ray Haynes, teaching on Passover and Easter here on Risenstein at Victory 91.5. We are walking, we are walking. <laughs> <laughs> and associate.